0: Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey.
1: This is a voluntary statement from Dallas Steele, who was a friend of Whitley's back around the time of Christian's death. Her statement was given to Detective Wilburn with the Meridian Police Department on April 15th, 2014.
2: She told me that she went to go shoot guns with Matt Miller and Jet Miller. I don't remember the other guy's name though. She said that they went and shot guns the night before. Later, I asked Matt if she shot with them and he said he didn't remember her shooting a gun or not. I got my friend to call Jet and ask him if they had shot guns and he said no. If they had, they'd got Jet's gun after he went to sleep. She told me that Christian was shot in the temple. We were hanging out the night before and I dropped her off at her apartment at Willow Ridge to her car because she was going to meet Matt. The night it happened, I was at the police station waiting on her while she was giving a statement, and she told me that the detectives took gunshot residue. That's when she told me that her and Matt and Jet went shooting guns the night before. Question, how well do you know Whitley? Answer, which side of her she has many She is a compulsive liar. Question, who is Matt Miller? Answer, they were hanging out before it happened and they were texting after it happened. Question, do you think Christian killed himself? Answer, no, Christian would never do something like that and anybody would tell you the same. Question, do you think that Whitley had something to do with the death of Christian? Answer, yes, from all the stories she's told different people, and they are not all the same story.
1: As a culpable listener, you know the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. One thing I've learned working in true crime is that your best line of defense is vigilance and preparation, which is why I recommend simply safe Home Security. I happen to live in a pretty nice neighborhood, but as you know, crime has a way of being anywhere at any time, even when you least expect it. When our car was broken into and items were stolen, I was so relieved to know that my home security system got the footage. And it eventually led to us being reimbursed by the perpetrator once they were caught. Crime is just waiting to happen. So be prepared at all times and equip yourself with Simply Safe, the best home security system of 2024, according to US News and World Report. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysave.com slash culpable. That's simplysave.com slash culpable.
3: There's no safe like safe. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com
1: slash recommend today. The night before Christian's death. We'll call it gun night. This night is interesting. Remember, Christian was on his tugboat when all this went down. On gun night, a group of friends, which included Whitley, met at Matt's cousin, Jet's house, and drove to a nearby field and shot a gun. Why they did was never made clear. I guess people do that. But given our circumstances, at the least, it's a bit odd. Gun night is important for two reasons that we know of. First, it confirms the story that Whitley Goodman was with Matt Miller on the 25th, which, from what we know, was likely a part of the reason why Christian decided to come home. And second, it's Whitley's alibi for why she had gunshot residue on her hands on the 26th, assuming she actually shot a gun that night. Ray was suspicious of gun night the moment she first heard about it. And back in March 2014, just weeks after Christian's death, she had private investigators look into this. The same two investigators you heard about in our last episode that interviewed the Best Buy employees. Ray asked them to speak with Matt and Jet Miller to try and get more information about the night of the 25th and they were able to talk with both of them. So let's hear their versions of gun night. The interviews we acquired are very poor quality. We apologize for that. So we'll open each with a small section of the original interviews, but the majority of what you'll hear are reenactments. All right, let's get into it. First up, Jet.
4: All right, and it is recording. Uh, Jet, I'm going to put you on speakerphone. Jet, can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, my name. Is I'm with. And we're doing a phone interview with Jet Miller. Jet Miller is the cousin of Matt Miller, who is hanging out with Whitley, who is also involved in the Christian Andreacchio death case. On the phone, like I said, is Jet Miller. Jet, would you state your name and your birth date for the record?
5: Jet Miller, and nine ten
4: ninety. And you are cousins with Matt Miller. Is that correct? Right. Okay. What we wanted to get on statement, Jeff, was when the police talked to Whitley, and they talked to Dylan, and they talked to everybody that was involved in the case. What we thought was strange was right when the police got there, they said, we're going to do a gunshot residue test on everybody here. And Whitley immediately stood up and she said, well, I'm going to test positive. And they said, whoa, how do you know you're going to test positive? And she said, I was shooting guns last night. The police wrote that down, said "Hey, Whitley said she was shooting guns the night before. Now her statement was that she was shooting guns with Matt Miller and his cousin, Jet Miller. Can you tell me was that true? Who was shooting the guns or whatever, and just kind of tell me your version of those events.
5: We were out by my house <laughs> and there's a dirt road called Hayes Road. It kind of goes to Clarkdale from Collinsville. We'd go out there all the time and just shoot guns, though. We just shot my forty a few times and then went back to my house, and they left. I never even hung out with Whitley like that, but...
4: Okay, so what would you say your relationship with Whitley was?
5: Well, there really is none. She went to Clarkdale. I mean, well, we're not even friends.
4: Okay, so you're basically just what you would call an acquaintance, and you were basically with her just because she was with Matt. Yes. Okay, when you say y'all went to Hayes Road and shot, tell me about that. You said you shot your 40. What kind of gun is that? How much did y'all shoot? Who all shot? Was that the only gun y'all shot? Can you give me some more information on that?
5: Uh, Smith and Wesson M&P 40. It's a compact, 10 rounds. I shot probably five times, and Matt probably shot two or three, and then she shot the rest. Just out in the woods, you know.
4: Okay, so she did, in fact. She handled the gun. And she did, in fact, shoot the weapon?
5: Yes. Yes, out in the woods.
4: Okay, like I mean, just like, and this is a handgun, so she took the pistol, she was just firing out towards the trees in the wood line? Yes. Okay. About how many rounds would you say she shot? Four. Okay. And then you witnessed that with your own eyes? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. And then Matt, how much shooting did Matt do?
5: He probably shot four or five times.
4: Okay, so I mean, y'all weren't out there like all night shooting. You just kind of went out there, shot about a mag or two and...
5: Yeah, then they went back.
4: Okay, cool, cool. Was there anybody else out there with y'all other than Matt and Whitley? There wasn't. Okay, what was your version of what you heard?
5: I was in Meridian and my girlfriend told me that was when Matt was kind of talking to her and Christian's a real kind of jealous guy I've heard and I'm sure he got into some argument with her or something. I know Matt wouldn't do anything like that.
4: Yeah yeah yeah. Was Matt at the apartment?
5: I'm really not sure. I think it was just him and that Dylan Swearingen kid.
4: Yeah that Dylan guy?
5: I don't really know him but he asked them if they wanted something to eat and he was going to go grab something to eat down the road and they both said no and they're good he went and got something to eat, when he came back, he found Christian shot in the bathtub or something, or wherever they found him
4: at. And you heard that from your girlfriend, or was that actually from Dylan?
5: That was from Chelsea, and then Matt kind of said the same thing.
4: Is there any reason why Matt would say she wasn't shooting a gun? Because he kind of let on she didn't really shoot. You sure she shot the gun? I'm sure. Okay.
5: Probably he's trying to just cover up for her, feel sorry for her, but in this case, you can't feel sorry for nobody that done shit like this.
4: Oh, I agree, man. I agree totally. Yeah, see, we've caught her lying a lot. It's making her look real bad. And she was trying to pull all kind of people into this thing with her. Not only Matt, but some other guys that were friends of yours. So she's trying to get a whole bunch of people involved in this thing, I guess, to take the focus off of her. As far as her and Matt go, were they, had they been seeing each other for a while? Or is this kind of like...
5: No, just a little week or two. I mean, it wasn't, as far as I know, it was just a little week or two. But I mean, it wasn't much, but She's also a little jealous type girl, too, and she's got anger issues. So, I mean, I can see her killing somebody, killing him, but I just don't get people do that. I know Matt didn't. Matt ain't nothing a part of this.
4: Yeah, we don't think he is either, man. It does strike me strange that he was like, he was pretty adamant. He was like, "Nah, she didn't shoot. And we were like, you sure she didn't shoot? And he was like, "Nah, she didn't shoot.
1: So that's Jet's take on gun night. In short, he confirms that gun night did in fact happen. He says Whitley was there, she came with Matt. He claims that he barely knows her. But the biggest takeaway is he states Whitley did in fact shoot his gun that night. Now, let's hear Matt's take on gun night.
4: i um, with We're investigating the Christian Andriaccio, uh death case. Looking into possible suspects we're about to engage in an interview with Matt Miller your name keeps coming up it's just because Whitley was with you but the day of the incident Christian showed up unexpectedly to the house Whitley was at their apartment over there by Willow Ridge and basically it was all about you we know now that prior to his death within an hour of his death he actually got into her phone and found the app she was using to text you with text you back and forth He smashed her phone, they argued and yelled, and then to make a long story short, next thing we know he's dead in the bathtub under extremely suspicious circumstances. One of the issues we've gotten into now is you've been brought up into it because of the events that happened the day before. We know that Whitley was with you. We understand y'all have a relationship. We don't care, that's all your business. You can do whatever you want. But one of her stories is she was with some friends the night before discharging firearms at a cabin. Now, was she with you? Were you all out there shooting guns? Yeah. So
6: it was me and my cousin and his friends. We were shooting his gun. His gun? What
4: kind of gun was it?
6: Uh, I don't know.
4: Like a pistol?
6: Yeah, a pistol.
4: Was Whitley shooting the gun? Uh Uh-uh. So Whitley never fired a gun at all, and you were with her the whole time? She never shot. Never shot?
6: I shot it, but she was scared too. Yeah, she was scared too, but I shot it. Jet shot first, my cousin, he shot it. Then his friend shot it twice, and I shot it three times. I said, here, you want to shoot? She said, no, I'm terrified of guns.
4: Well, what the police will do is they'll do what they call a gunshot residue test on you to see if you handled or discharged firearms within the last few hours. And one of the first things out of her mouth for the police on the scene and to the detective afterwards is that she was shooting guns the day before, and she had been firing a handgun. So she was going to test positive. So she's using you as her alibi to say, hey, I'm going to test positive on the gunshot test. There's a dead body upstairs with a gunshot wound to the head. And she's saying, well, I was with my friend, which happens to be you, and we were all shooting guns. And so now you're telling me she didn't fire a gun.
6: Not that I remember. And I asked her up front.
4: But she didn't touch the gun. So she's lied to the police. That's the problem.
6: See, I called her and asked her about that and she told me that she was asleep and woke up and found him. That's what she told me. She told me that she found him.
4: This is like the day after, or?
6: The day after. I heard that Whitley was with Dallas, and Whitley wasn't answering the phone because apparently it was broke, I guess. So I called Dallas and I talked to Whitley, and she was crying and stuff, and I was with two of my other buddies, and they'll tell you the exact same story. Well, anyway, we're sitting there, and we're thinking about what happened, trying to put the pieces together, and then a couple of days later somebody told me about the gun residue on her hands and so i called my cousin and said did she shoot a gun i'm pretty sure she didn't and he was like nah she was scared and then the next thing i know she's telling the police that dylan found the body but she told me a whole different story but here's what i'm thinking if you're asleep wouldn't you hear a gunshot she says she woke up to the gunshot
4: what story did she give you
6: the words that came out of her mouth that day was she said that she woke up to the gunshot and ran upstairs and found him. That's what she told me. Then she tells the police that Dylan comes in and wakes her up and they find him.
4: She says, yeah, I heard a pop. Then I woke up and she went upstairs and found him. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, have you talked to Dylan? What did Dylan say?
6: I tried to call him a minute ago. I'm not real good buddies with Dylan.
4: We don't have no problems, but we just... You guys know each other through some friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She texted you from Christian's phone? Yeah. Do you mind if I screenshot this and text it?
6: Go ahead. I might have more, to be honest.
4: She knows what's going down. She's saying, hey, he's on the way to the house to kick me out. Come pick me up. I was at work, and I get off at 3. Where do you work at? Construction.
6: Do you want me to see if I got any more stuff?
4: Yeah, it actually locked up on me. Well, I've been doing screenshots, and we'll text them to myself, if you don't mind. Okay, that's cool and this is who is this 3744
6: i have no idea this is whitley what you doing
4: that's another one she's using
6: i don't know where these numbers are coming from
4: dude she must have like 14 burner phones
6: i swear i don't know you can read all of these
4: 3744 says hey this is whitley what are you doing and then i feel like you're avoiding me he doesn't reply Hey, because I had gun residue on my hands from us shooting guns and they asked who is not a suspect. They already declared it a suicide because you know by the ballistic test what kind of gun that was shot and what time and what gunpowder on Christian's hands. And he says, okay, when did they question you? They didn't, his family did. What'd they say? Saying that it wasn't a suicide and I better pray I wasn't behind it. Like I always get caught up in shit because of you. This is him talking to her. How can you say that right now? Because I'm getting threats over someone I have no clue about, that's why. And this is her. I'm getting threatened too, but I can't help it. That's not even the issue to me. The issue is he's gone, and there's no way it was a homicide either, because he was shot in the side of the head. I didn't even know that until yesterday.
6: She told me he was shot in the throat at first. That's the first time I asked her over the phone.
4: Then she continues to say, And I didn't have this kind of gunpowder on my hands. How would she have known that? Matt replies, and I'm sorry he's gone, but I didn't talk to him or nothing. And I'm in it. Because I shot guns with you the night before he shot himself, Matt. So she's saying because I shot guns with you the night before he shot himself? Is that what she's saying? I mean, that's stupid. I have no idea. When did they come to you? Last night. Please don't kick me when I'm down. I'm not. Do you mind if I text myself this stuff? Were you with her after the shooting? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you still talk to her? No. Yeah, it's probably a good thing.
6: I don't talk to her. I haven't seen her since that night.
4: We're gonna take care of you. Huh? We're gonna take care of you. You're good. We're gonna go down to the police station because they want to get copies of all that and they want to interview you, talk to you about basically what you just told us.
1: in their interviews. Jet and Matt really only disagreed on one thing, but that one thing is important. That is whether or not Whitley shot a gun that night. Jet says she did. Matt says she didn't, adding that she told him she was terrified of guns. And then Matt goes on to say that he had a conversation with Jet where they both agreed that she didn't shoot a gun. He says he asked Jet, "Did she shoot that night?" and he responded, "No, nah, she was scared." And if you remember Dallas's statement from the beginning of this episode, She said that she had a friend who called Jet and asked if they had shot his gun that night, and his response was no. If they had, they got his gun after he went to sleep. I honestly don't know how to make sense of this. I wish I did. I'm simply sharing what we have, and as is often the case in what we're dealing with here, sometimes things just don't add up. What I do know is Matt is in the clear. He was at work on the 26th. It checks out. And right after speaking with investigators, he'd go on to speak with MPD. And that is documented in the report. We'll get into that in a minute. As for Jet, he was not asked to speak with MPD at this time. He was, however, asked to speak with MPD years later, but what came out of that is unclear and is not documented in any sort of report. Meaning, we don't have an alibi for Jet for February 26th. The only information from that meeting that was relayed to the Andriakios was that Jet confessed that a friend named Zach Tab was also present at gun night, which is interesting because we're talking years removed from that night he gives this information. Yet when the investigator spoke with him shortly after that night, he told him there wasn't anyone else there. Nonetheless, it was important that this came to light because finding out who all was there that night has always been a lingering question.
4: Hey, I'm
5: Brett Podolsky
0: Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Do
3: you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android.
1: Now, regarding Matt. As I mentioned, his day didn't end after his talk with investigators. Once his interview had concluded, he was then asked to go to the station and give a statement to Detective Wilburn with the Meridian Police Department. This is from the report.
2: I met her when I was 18 years old in Dalewood through a mutual friend and I used to hang out at her house and smoke and stuff. A year or so went by, and she got really wild, and then she kind of quieted down and cleared her name. Another couple of years went by, and I was 20 years old. Then one day, she randomly Snapchatted me while I was at work. It was a couple of days before the incident. We were just talking and catching up, and I asked her about Christian, and she said that they had broken up, and he was seeing another girl. We came to an agreement that we were going to hang out together with a couple of friends. She ended up meeting me at the Shell at Southeast and she jumped in the truck with me and we went to Jet's. We sat around, watched TV, played pool, and smoked and talked. Jet asked if we wanted to go shoot guns and I said, yeah, man. So we got into the truck and drove down to the pasture behind his house. We ended up shooting Jet shot, me, and Jet's friend shot at some cans. I specifically asked Whitley if she wanted to shoot, and she said no, because she is terrified of guns. After that, we went back up, and me and Whitley left to take her back to her car. It was around 12 or so in the morning. We went back to the shell, and I asked her if she wanted to stay or drive home, and she said that she wanted to stay. She came over and we ended up having sex and we went to sleep. The next morning, we woke up around 6.30 or 7. I was already late for work. I walked her to a car, asked her if she was good to drive, and she said yes. So we parted ways. I went to work and I guess she went to Christians. I worked from about 7.45 till 3. I was in Russell at the time working at a factory. I got home around 3.30 p.m., sat on the couch watching TV, and went to sleep. Woke up around 8 p.m. from a call from my cousin asking if I heard what had happened to Christian. Jet told me about Christian committing suicide, and then that's when I tried to get in touch with Whitley to see what happened. She told me that Christian found out about me and her, and they went to several different spots, and he was upset. She said they went back to the house and laid down and went to sleep together. She woke up to a gunshot, ran upstairs, and found him slumped over the tub with a bullet hole in his throat. Around 8 p.m., I tried to call Whitley's phone, got no answer, and I called Dallas, and I asked her if she was with Whitley, and Dallas said, yes, Whitley is with me. I asked Dallas if I could talk to Whitley, and Dallas put Whitley on the phone. That's when she told me that story, that they fell asleep together, and then she woke up to a gunshot, and she ran upstairs and found Christian in the bathroom, slumped over the bathtub, and she said that he shot himself in the throat. After we hung up, she tried to contact a couple times, but I was avoiding her. So about a week goes by, I hear a different story. So I texted her and asked her if she found the body or did Dylan find the body. Then she said Dylan found the body. I asked her why did she tell me a different story the first time. Then I asked where he was shot. Whitley set his head. She also said that Christian was talking about killing himself earlier that day. She said if you do it, don't do it in the face. Then she started playing this guilt trip about why are you putting this on me. Since then, I haven't talked to her. Question. What kind of person is Whitley? Answer. She is a compulsive liar and cheater, and she is sneaky. Question. Do you think Whitley or Dylan killed Christian? Answer. Yes. Question. Why do you think Whitley or Dylan killed Christian? Answer. I think Christian was threatening Whitley about taking the car and stuff, and she snapped. I think Whitley knows more than she is telling. I don't think Dylan had anything to do with it.
1: Maybe gun night is related to Christian's death in some way. Maybe it's not. I hope to find an answer there. The people we know were there. Whitley, Matt, Jet, and Zach. I make this point because although we know these people were there, it's still possible that there were others present. Over the years, Ray received a few tips from various sources regarding gun night, and eventually she decided to reach out to Zach Tab, the last person to be linked to gun night, to see if he'd be willing to share any additional information about what happened that night.
7: I had wanted to talk to Zach Tab myself because I just have never 100% believe the fourth person was him, or I felt like if he was there, there was still uh, another person there because I didn't understand why it would be so important to keep Zach Tabb's name out of everything. Everybody else's name would be listed, but then he'd just say a friend or a fourth person. It never would identify that person. So I attempted to contact him several times, was not able to, and then his mother contacted me, and was wanting to join the Justice for Christian Facebook page. And so we spoke over the phone, and I told her that I had always wanted to talk to her son, that I felt like that he might know something. It may even be something he didn't realize he knew, but that um, it was important to talk to him. She said, well, I can get him to talk to you. And she did, and he did call. Um, I think it was on August 28th of 2017. And, you know, he basically called and stated that his mother had told him that I wanted to talk to him. He didn't really understand why I wanted to talk to him because he didn't really know anything. Throughout the conversation, he was very guarded. He answered, I don't know anything about that to almost every question. You know, he basically said they went shooting, there was no one else there, that Chelsea Garrett had been there, but then she had left uh, and did not go shooting guns with him. When I asked was there another girl with Whitley, because we had been told that there was a female with Whitley, Um, he stated I don't know anything about that. Um, When I asked him was Hayes Mitchell there with him, he said no, he had not seen him that night. I had said, well, you know, it's my understanding that Jet had gone to pick Hayes up earlier in the night, and he said, well, I don't know anything about that. When I asked him why would Jet lie for him and tell people that no one else was there but himself, Matt, and Whitley? he said that he didn't know why that Jet was probably drunk when he said that. And I said, well, you know, he wasn't drunk because our inv- this, was, this was two months after everything had happened and our investigators talked to him on the phone and he seemed very, you know, clear headed and uh, did not appear to be drunk. And, you know, he said, well, I, I don't know about that. So he basically became pretty frustrated with the conversation. I became frustrated with the conversation because he was, just like I said, was very nervous acting, you know, acted kind of like someone who didn't was kind of picking their words and didn't know exactly what to say because they didn't know what had been said and what I knew and didn't want to make a misstep. I had asked him, did they ever talk about Christian that night? That was one question that he was very clear on said, no, his name was never discussed. And so I asked him, I said, well, how can you remember so clearly that Christian's name was never mentioned that night, but yet you don't remember who was there, or you don't remember specifically if there was a girl there, or you don't know why Jet would have kept your name out of a police report. I just feel like that there had been some discussion. I know that if I was involved in a situation like that, that... We would have got together and probably talked about, you know, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? I mean, whether you're guilty or anything or not, you would have a discussion. And he acted like that it had never been discussed and there had never been, um, you know, he he was actually at one point almost belligerent, saying he didn't know why I was making a big deal out of this. And I said, well, because it could be a very big deal. Whitley thought that Christian was coming home that night early and if they were out shooting guns well then you know maybe there was something significant to that because everybody's making such a big deal about this gun night and acting like there was something criminal going on or something and really it was just a bunch of kids shooting guns and I've never understood why everybody was making such a big deal about it and wanting to hide the details of what occurred that night and who was there if it was innocent and there was nothing significant that related to the events of February 26. So after probably about a five minute conversation. You know, he just said, I don't know anything and he terminated the conversation.
1: There are still many questions surrounding gun night. But one thing that stands out in all this is that when you boil down the statements of Dallas, Matt, and Jet, you have three different people that were questioned about the events of the 25th and the 26th. And three fingers, all pointed at one person. This is a text exchange between Whitley Goodman and Matt Miller.
2: March 4th, 2014.
1: Did you find Christian or did Dylan
6: find him? Dylan. You told me you woke up to a gunshot and found him.
8: No, Dylan found him, told me and I found him.
6: Your story has changed so much. What? So where was he shot? You told me something completely different.
8: His head! I didn't even know where he was shot when it happened because it didn't go through. I just found that out. How did I do that?
6: You told me y'all fell asleep together and you woke up to a gunshot, ran upstairs, and found him. You said nothing about Dylan. You said you found him.
8: Dylan didn't even go upstairs. Dylan told me to check on him and I did and he was dead.
6: Dylan said he found him, but you told the police a whole different story.
8: You're trying to say I'm guilty?
6: Fuck, I don't know. Nobody knows. Why would he kill himself? Everybody's trying to find out.
8: Wish I could tell you.
6: Yeah.
2: March 23rd, 2014.
8: My story did change because I didn't want to make you feel bad. You have to consider I've went through more than I should have with all this. I was cleared as a suspect and it was ruled as a suicide. Did anyone stop to think my whole entire life ended by finding what I did in the bathtub from one night of fucking up? I'm not saying this because I want to get high with you. Just to clear stuff up. Last two short. Smoke one.
1: Culpable is a production of Resonate Recordings and Tenderfoot TV in conjunction with Cadence 13, written and hosted by me, Dennis Cooper. Executive producers are Jacob Bozarth, Mark Menery, Dennis Cooper, Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Additional production by Whitney Bozarth, Courtney Cooper, Meredith Stedman, and Mason Lindsay. Audio editing and sound design by Resonate Recordings. If you have a podcast or are looking to start one, check us out at ResonateRecordings.com. Our theme music and score is by Dirt Poor Robbins, cover art by Drew Bardana. Additional music for this episode by Lovers and Madmen. Additional voiceover for this episode by Chad Lewis and Paul Frields. You can follow us on social media at Culpable Podcast. Show notes as well as bonus content can be found on our website, culpablepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening.